good friend Jesse Rogers. He covers baseball expertly for ESPN. You hear him on ESPN 1000 in Chicago, our sister station. He is back from Florida, I can only assume, and I'm not sure if he's well-rested or not, but Jesse's got a lot of work to do, and he's been doing incredible work following this story that is Major League Baseball. Greetings, Jesse. Good evening. Yeah, I'm back. Uh, you're right, a little tired, but, you know, um, hopefully this thing comes to an end soon and we can just watch games instead of staying up all night and watching labor stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I, wanted, I want you to take me back to what your night was like on Monday because we knew it was a long meeting. It, it extended past business hours, and I was following you on Twitter, and it, it seems like you were in for the long haul just in case something broke. I mean, what's that like for you? All of a sudden you're up to the wee hours of the morning, and there's really no difference from what happened at the start of the day. Yeah, I mean, you know, as it played out on Monday, what went through my mind was, okay, this was all very predictable. All the way to the deadline, everybody talks tough, and then they they figure it out. And I thought that's what what was going to happen when the clock hit midnight and 1 and 2, and I'm I'm actually taping these sports centers reports, you know, every time with a little nuanced difference and then thinking the last one's going to be they they announce a deal or at least very soon Tuesday morning. I really thought it was going to happen at that point. Uh, And then things changed and it didn't happen. And um, I was a little surprised. But by the time I woke up Tuesday and got there again, it, it was just a different feeling to it. The union was sort of tamping down on all the expectations and um, yeah, they made progress, but they kind of halted at that point. So, um, you know, up until that moment, it was all very predictable. A lot of theater for the week, and then you really get down to brass tacks, grinding it out and thinking maybe it'll get a deal done. Uh, but it didn't happen. I was a little surprised by it. But, um, you know, both both sides have some strategies that might come into question. I don't think either side has been perfect in its negotiating tactics. And, uh this is where we end up, you know, with games canceled, at least so far, and, and no deal just yet. Hey, Jesse, is your level of surprise stemming from what has happened in years past, uh, namely 2016, where the players accepted an, uh, an agreement that just, I mean, it wasn't favorable to them? Did you, did you think that was just going to happen again, that they would ultimately cave at the end? I wouldn't say cave, because if, if, if they stood up there in a press conference on Tuesday and to the average fan, they rattled off everything they got. It would sound impressive. First time in decades, no draft pick uh, compensation for a free agent. That's actually pretty big. First time ever, a pre-arbitration bonus pool. So, uh, And uh, a year of service time for the rookie of the year. So the next Chris Bryant, who wins the rookie of the year coming up in late April, gets a bonus and he gets a, ser- a year of service time. That's never happened before. Um, uh, what else? Uh, lottery draft to help tanking, service time manipulation. Like, there are wins along the way that sound good, just wasn't enough because of the CBT. So that was the big thing there. So I, I don't, I didn't think they'd cave. I thought, okay, they're making progress. Now the, the hardest part is to come, the CBT. I thought maybe they'd get up Tuesday morning and, and hammer that out, but it just didn't happen. You know, there's countless examples, and I think the Brewers' roster is a microcosm of one of the issues the players has. And I guess if you're a fan or you do shows like I do, and you start looking at who the Brewers have under control and, you know, how a small market team can thrive, you know, I feel like for 
you know, like a three-year stretch of time, I'm looking at Josh Hader, the most dominant closer in baseball, saying, man, he's only making between five and $600,000 a year, right? Like that... Is that part of what the players are fighting for here as well? I mean, here's Hader, a multi-time All-Star, and now he's finally in the arbitration world, so the, the, the pay increase starts to reflect his abilities. But even Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns, I mean, their salaries were defined by hundreds of thousands instead of millions at a point where they were outperforming those who were making significantly more money. Yeah, uh, no, those are two good, two, two good examples of why younger players should be paid more now. The league was really holding up Corbin Burns as an example. Under their new system, he would have gone from what was he at seven, eight hundred thousand, something like that. He would have gone from that to two point four million um, under their bonus. So they they viewed that as okay. Look, we're we're, we're making this happen. And Hater's even better example because um, the way pitchers are being used now, like there's a lot of people that think Hater's best days are behind him already. Not to say he's not really good. But he may not be as good as he's been these first few years, the way he's been used. and really So shouldn't he have been paid when he was at his best? And so that's the, the legitimate argument by, by um, the players. And the, union, I mean, the league thinks they've addressed that in a matter of speaking with these bonus pools and these extra years of service, uh, service time and things like that. The union just doesn't think it's enough. So it's really a, um, a, a function of what's enough. Right? What's enough? The league is moving in the union's direction. The things I mentioned, but is it enough? Is it, does it reflect the revenues? And obviously, the union doesn't think so. ESPN's Jesse Rogers joining us on Brewers Weekly. Thanks for being part of the program here on a Thursday night. So, walk me through what happened today. I know everybody's back in New York. It's no more about Florida and uh, everything that happened down there. What happened today? There was a meeting of sorts. Yeah. So it's interesting because down in Florida, like I said, there was a lot of theater, which was great for the media. Like there's people leaking things on both sides, dramatic deadline, you know, um, declarative statements. So a deadline is a deadline. Missed games are missed games. It's very dramatic. And I think that was part of the the act. Um, And that's why I still thought on that Sunday, Monday, there was a chance because I thought the drama would cease. It didn't really cease. Today, maybe the drama has ceased. They're back in New York. There's no media around. There's four people in a room. Not a lot of leaks. Now, not a lot got done, but um, not a lot of leaks out of that room. What I'm told is it's the union's turn to come back to the league with an offer or with an adjustment. The league made the last one. That's usually how it works, back and forth. And so I think in short order, I believe there was a player's phone call tonight, conference call. Not sure how many were on it. Was it player reps? Was it more than that? And the union should come back in short order with um, something. Now, there's a chance they might go out to Arizona and do the whole dog and pony show again with players out there. I mean, the union strength is their players. But the most that got done was when it was down to Andrew Miller and Max Scherzer in the room with the negotiators. And, you know, with the lawyers, obviously. Um, Nothing got done early in the week when there were 20 players in there. So, you know, if you're a baseball fan, you kind of want them to stay in New York, stay in small groups, keep the media out of there, keep the leagues to a minimum, and see if you can hammer something out. So um, I don't know what's going to happen next big picture, but I know that the union is going to respond to the league in in some manner, maybe as soon as tomorrow. Do you have a level of optimism that a deal ends up getting done here mid-month, before the end of the March? What are you thinking? 
I, I do. I do. I think mid-month is a good sort of uh, over-under. And that's 12 days from now would be mid-month, March 15th, right? Uh, I think I think it's done by March 15th. Now, there's all sorts of rumors. I mean, I think the PR game by the players has been incredible. The league has taken a, a, a huge hit PR-wise, mostly probably because Manfred being the face, nobody likes him, right? But I think... I think as many games as you might think the league is playing, I think it's possible the union's playing as many. And I'm talking about, oh, we're willing to sit out April. First of all, not every owner wants to sit out April. I think a few don't mind it and all might be willing to to get a better deal. But just to sort of make a blanket statement, they they don't care about April. Well, that's not true. Uh, But on the same token, in the same token, they do care about May, June, and July. I tweeted this today. So the players also know that. So it might help the players out to wait out as long, wait this thing out as long as they can and put the pressure on the owners. So it works both ways. If, if the owners think they might miss games in May, maybe they'll cave. Certainly the players losing paychecks could lead to them caving. So it's a, it's a big cat and mouse game, game of chicken, so to speak. Who's going to blink first? Um, I think, both will come to their senses in the next two weeks, if not sooner. That's that's my opinion. If it's longer than that, then it could be months. That's the way I look at it. I mean, it's got to happen soon. If, if not, it, we could be out a while. Yeah, you make an interesting point about the players and, you know, saying, fine, we'll, we'll sit out as school's letting out, more families are attending the ballpark, and attendance ramps up and so on, like we see it every year. I, I, I want to clear up a misconception because I get a lot of responses or people wondering, if it's if the well is just shut off, are players getting paid anything? Does does the association have the ability to line player pockets, and I mean all players, to any degree throughout this process? The answer is yes. Um, on February first, players got five thousand dollars for the month of February. On March first, players got five thousand dollars. On April first, it'll be fifteen thousand. Now, not every player asks for the money and they shouldn't because there's not enough money to go around if, if every single player did it for every month. If you're one of the rich players, you don't need the 5,000 in February or March or even April. So you can apply for it if you're a player. Now any player can apply for it and there might be some millionaires that do, but the, the goal is to take care of the, the, the younger guys, the zero to three guys. Um, you mentioned Yelich at the top of the show. I hope he's not applying for the $5,000 in March. So the less the less people apply for it, the more is there for those that really need it. So you, the answer is yes. It's not um, in, you know it's not an endless um, ATM machine, but um, they, they for the near future, starting in April, fifteen thousand dollars a month. And that's not even that much if you're used to a uh, a greater lifestyle, you know, a more expensive lifestyle. But it certainly is helpful for the young players. You brought up something interesting about Rob Manfred, who has suddenly become the most hated commissioner in all of sports. Uh, I didn't think anybody could outseat Roger Goodell, but here we are. Um, but he's a puppet for the owners, right? I mean, he he, he works for the owners. I, I know people in Milwaukee very much appreciate Mark Atanasio and what he's done for baseball in Milwaukee, keeping baseball here, and everything he's put into this organization. The New Spring Training Complex is gorgeous in Arizona, and it's all Brewers all the time. He has been remarkable for the Milwaukee Brewers. I, I, I can't help but wonder if Atanasio is among those owners who is saying, can we just get going, please? Like, like I, can't, I can't picture him 
pounding his finger or hand on a table saying, hold out, we need a better deal for us. And I don't know if it's a small market, big market thing. I don't know if it's because I have a personal relationship with him and just feel like he's just a really solid guy. I just I have a hard time picturing the Brewers' owner in that scenario, which leads me to wonder how many owners are saying, no, let's just go. This is okay. And how many are saying, no, we need to hold out for a better deal? Yeah, I don't want to say anything bad, but don't underestimate billionaires and uh, – how they how they act. I actually think Milwaukee, not in a uh, – let me make sure I state this the right way. This is about the CBT, a lot of this fight, right? Raising the CBT. If you raise the CBT, teams like the Yankees and certainly the Dodgers and other big market teams will spend all the way up to it, if not over, but certainly up to it. That hurts teams like Milwaukee and St. Louis who want to win, and I do. I give your owner credit. He wants to win. But I do believe he's probably one of the people voting against any sort of raise in the CBT because he's competitive, because he can't compete with the Yankees and the Dodgers for players if they keep raising the CBT because they'll spend right up to it, if not past it, but certainly up to it. The Brewers won't spend up to it if it keeps going up and up. So it's because he wants to win that he probably is voting against the deal, maybe as is and will be if they keep raising the CBT. See what I mean? No, I think it's a really interesting point. And do you believe this is the final hurdle? Like, you know, every once in a while we get a nugget about, you know, the DH or, you know, baseball wants a pitch clock. And, like, none of this is about the DH or pitch clock. And and those will, you know, change the way the game is played to some degree. But – is the CBT the final element that really needs to be, you know, collectively bargained between these two parties? Absolutely. Yep, that's the big one. Now, that, that now that's not to say if it moves in one direction or, or the other, it doesn't impact one of the other issues. Like, things are tied, um, you know, just throwing this out there, like, if you raise the CBT really high, maybe you lower the, the minimum, because it is, it's all a game, right? It's all a puzzle. Sure. Maybe if you raise the minimum, you lower the CBT. So it's like, remember the uh, initial offer by the league? They wanted to offer a $100 million floor, but on the other end, they made the CBT 180. So there's always a give and take. But the bottom line is, yes, that's the big fight, and it's between really owners among themselves, but also owners and players as well. But you have to think about it this way. The big market teams are kind of aligned with the players. They like the idea of the CBT going up because they'd rather pay a player than a tax. And then, of course, there's years where you don't have to spend all the way up to the CBT anyway. So it's, it's, it's a complicated. There's layers to it. And, it. and, yes, the players are sometimes caught in the middle of this big market versus small market owner thing that goes on. But you know what? On the other hand, the players re, you know, flatly reject a hard cap and floor. So this is what you end up with. Um, this internal fight that the players are in the middle of as well. So, like I said, it's complicated. But, yeah, if they if they can come to agreement on the CBT, everything else will fall in line. And, Jesse, what's the latest about next week? Do, do we anticipate meetings to begin on Monday? Is there going to be some, some lag time here? No, I, I, think, I think, I mean, they talk today. I think they'll talk tomorrow in some capacity, maybe. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. 
you could call it a bargaining session or a meet. You know, it just depends. I think at some point the union in the next couple of days will respond in some way to the league's last offer. I don't know why the – I mean, if anything, you know, again, if both sides are playing some delay game even now, then shame on them. But barring some strategic delay, there's no reason the union shouldn't move quickly um, uh, waiting till Monday. The, the weekends don't matter in this situation. Trust me, I just went through 10 days, two weekends. That doesn't matter. <laughs> you negotiate when you can negotiate. Everyone's exhausted. Um, but you got to get this done. You have to get this done. Spring training, workers, stadium work. I mean, all this is at stake. And so waiting is, is not an option. Bucks, Bulls tomorrow night in Chicago. Dare I ask who you're taking? I'm taking tickets if uh, Good Karma Brands could um, <laughs> hook me up. Uh, I haven't seen a game in two weeks because of this stuff, and it is my birthday tomorrow. So um, is that Craig, right? If you're listening, <laughs> yeah, Craig. If you're listening, I take two uh, center court. So uh, Jesse, I, I did not know this, and, and I've yeah. had you as a guest many a time. We share the same birthday. It is also my birthday tomorrow. Wow! How about that? I'm well, so here we go. Older, so I'm now I tell everybody I'm younger. Uh, <laughs> it, <laughs> that's fine. I, uh, I am. Uh, let's see here. I am Hank Aaron tomorrow. That is my Hank Aaron birthday tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe we, maybe we should just you know, hop on a text together to our founder and CEO of Good Karma Brands and say, look, it's a package deal, and we'll just hope baseball doesn't get a deal done between, let's say, I don't know, six thirty and eleven tomorrow. We just hold off for those you know four and a half hours and. Yeah, let Jesse and Greg enjoy a beer at center court watching a good ball game. I would love that. Even if they make a deal in baseball, I'd ignore it, you know? Let's go watch the Bucks on the birthday. I'll leave my kids at home. We were supposed to go to dinner. I'll, I'll blow them off for, for, for a game with you anytime. <laughs> I love this. I love this. Well, Jesse, I, I texted you earlier today and said, hey, can I borrow five to seven minutes of your time? And here we are 25 minutes later. And uh, it's just I appreciate your knowledge and your tireless efforts on this story it's it's been remarkable to follow and you know the the baseball world is doing it through you and, and jeff passon so I, I appreciate all your hard work and time tonight as well yeah no i appreciate it um it's it's been a wild ride and let me say this you may not like you know billionaire owners that much i'm talking about the listening public and players but the the negotiators that i've gotten to know through this they they want a deal i mean obviously they want to get the best deals for their sides but these are people that want baseball back. So it's not all, you know, evil people dealing with this. Like, everybody wants baseball back. These are, these are businesses that employ a lot of people. The players want to play. It's just that there's a lot at stake, you know. It's, it's, there's a lot at stake. Players have small, um, small careers, and, you know, owners are going to be owners. And so there's a lot at stake. You just got to ride this thing out. Hopefully we're better on the other side of it. Well, I hope so, too. Jesse, thanks so much for your time. Happiest of birthdays to you. Enjoy the time with your family, and hopefully a deal gets done here before too long. Happy birthday to you as well, and anytime. Talk to you soon. Yeah, take care. Jesse Rogers of ESPN. Just incredible work, man. It's been interesting to follow his work. I think we're all hitting the refresh button, waiting for a deal to be done or a deal to be announced. Leaked through one of the parties that baseball is on the horizon. Here's a date, a report date, a opening day date. When will opening day in Milwaukee be? Well, it won't be any earlier than April 14th. We know that as uh, the first week of the season has been canceled, which unfortunately means six home games are off the schedule for the Milwaukee Brewers. That indeed is frustrating.